Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Mission Innovate podcast from the Baptist Convention of Iowa. My name is Ben Bradley, BCI Communications and Outreach Director. I'm Chris Eller, BCI Associate Executive Director, and this podcast is devoted to discovering how your church can take its next step to multiply disciples, churches, and mission to fulfill the Great Commission. This episode of the Mission Innovate podcast is the last of a four-part series on the five fundamental skills for church leaders, a framework for ministry developed by BCI leadership and ministry development coach Chris Mavity. In this final segment, Chris digs into the fifth skill required for a fruitful ministry, monitor, as well as the leadership required to implement this framework in your church. You can download a PDF diagram of the five fundamental skills in the show notes. Here's the discussion. So the the last step of the process is to monitor. Now this is this is related to the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish. In what way, Chris? Well, um, I don't want to put my hand to the plow, so to speak, and work as hard as I'm working, and and enlist other people to work as hard as they're working, and us putting forth time, effort, and energy, and money, and then not knowing, not knowing what's well, what's going on. Are we making a difference? in what we're saying we're going to make a difference in. In other words, is our purpose, is our mission being accomplished? Well, the only way I know how to make sure of that is to monitor it, evaluate people, get the numbers uh, for the ministry. And I was mentioning earlier, it's a little difficult to talk about in this setting because children's ministry would monitor different things than uh, youth ministry, than would, you know, uh, small group ministry, than, you know, uh, the whole church and so on and so forth. But as it relates to really any ministry, attendance is a big deal. I'm baffled by uh, pastors who just take the idea that having a volunteer not show up for their assignment is an okay thing. Like, it's like, that's not okay with me. Uh, because then that means that they're not fulfilling not only their obligation, but they're not fulfilling their kingdom assignment. Well, that makes me sad as like, I want them to fulfill their assignment, you know, to the kingdom. Right. And so if somebody doesn't show up, I call them yeah, like not the next week or the week after I like call them that day. Hey, is everything okay? Jeff, a flat top. What, what do you need? How can we help you get here? You know, they're like, Oh, I overslept or, you know, every once in a while it is, they did have a flat tire or whatever, but usually it's, they blew it off. Well, you don't have to get too many calls like that from somebody like me uh, before, you know, uh, this is a mistake. I can't do that. And if it happens more than once, I let them know they're letting the team down. We can't have that. And so the idea of monitoring is this, let's say I'm on a team. Let's say I'm on a basketball team and I'm playing in a city league. Okay. Which I've done before. Um, and I did okay. But if I played at college level, I don't even think I'd make it to the bench, you know, much less, you know. And so we have a responsibility to our teams, our people, our volunteers and staff uh, to monitor their activity to make sure that it's producing uh, the results that are adding value to our mission. I hope I said that well. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that to get on people or be mean to people. I'm saying that they have something to fulfill. And if I don't monitor it, to me, it's almost like, well, why do I have you doing something anyway then? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. 
Well, to me, it matters. And so I need to know if it's happening. And if their role is not contributing to the purpose, to the harvest, for example, then like you're saying, why would we even have that as a, as a role? Why would that, why is that a role important? We should eliminate that. Yeah. If I was on somebody's volunteer team and let's say I overslept and didn't hear about it and then I overslept again and didn't hear about it and then, you know, missed it for some other reason, didn't tell anybody and didn't hear about it. I think, well, they don't care about me. That's what I would think. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, not important what I'm and, doing. And plus, yeah, plus what they got me doing is not important anyway. So why did I sign up for this thing? No, 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 no. It's very important to me. Um, and so uh, monitoring means this, that you become relatively certain by data and input or conversations or however you monitor uh, that the intention is being accomplished. The purpose the mission, the intent is being accomplished. Here, here's what I know about monitoring. If you care about it, they'll care about it, 100%. If I care, my team will care. But if I don't care, I don't make the phone call, I don't check up, I don't make sure, or I've had this happen, not to me personally, but in churches, broken window. I'm, I mean, I'm consulting with the church, broken window. Hey, we ought to fix that window. Even a volunteer said we should fix that window next week. Broken window. Next week, broken window. What does the volunteer know? They don't give a rip. Mm-hmm. They didn't fix the window, you know? Well, let's fix the window. Or uh, other things that we probably all hear about, but, you know, no crayons or no whatever it might be. No, we want to monitor uh, so we know what's going on so that everybody is equipped uh, to do the work that they need to do so that they can teach the children or enjoy the small group or, you know, have the youth ministry meeting or, or whatever it might be. And so how we, how we do that is by monitoring what's going on, get the number, uh, talk to people, uh, and, uh, make sure that we know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Th- yeah. This is actually a very important part of learning and growing, uh, you know, providing, um, feedback based on evaluation. And then, you know, so here's the mark, here's how you did, here's how you can improve, on what you did. And so that feedback loop is really important to help people grow and mature into um, the type of leader that is going to have value to themselves. I mean, they're going to see their own value, intrinsic value when they are getting that feedback and they're seeing their growth. That is excellent, Chris. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it works forward and it works in reverse. My ministry has gotten significantly better because I've monitored and the people doing the work know how to do it better than I do. I hear from them, and then we go, oh, well, I don't know why we're doing it that way. Let's shift and do it your way. So it's it's this feedback that I love the word because it's both ways. It's not one way. It's not I know what I'm doing. I can teach you and train you and do it only my way. It's, hey, once you know how to do it, then, then we get this feedback, and it's like, oh, this happened or that. Oh, we could make this easier or better if we did fill in the blank. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's do that right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's called innovation. Yeah, I we mean, don't that, need it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's an innovation spot, you know, wheel that just continually with feedback can yeah. becomes better. I'll give you a funny story. Um, we started this thing uh, that led to multi-site ministry at North Coast. And my son, Joey, and I, he was a teenager at the time. Um, we used to stop by the local grocery store and buy the ice bags that they had, almost all of them. We'd, we'd have like 15, 20, 30 ice bags every single week. Well, the ice bags were however much they were per It took me 
six months to convince the administrators at the church, we need to buy an ice machine. <laughs> you know, I'm doing the work of it. I have to stop by the grocery store on my way. We're piling these bags, you know, 20 pound bags, ice and all this kind of stuff. And it was like so funny. And finally I was like, well, I won't tell you what I did, but I didn't act within the boundaries of my budget. I'll just put it that way. And we got an ice machine. Guess who loved the ice machine? The administrators. Well, everybody loved the ice machine, especially the youth ministry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so because they were using ice, they were doing the same thing, but I didn't know it. And, you know, anyway, we got an ice machine and then life got better for more than just me, but uh, for for everybody that needed ice. <laughs> I think anyway. that... That's, That's a valuable um, lesson. And even, you know, sometimes you're wondering how can I best, you know, when new, new people walk in the door, they have fresh eyes, mm. you know, and they're mm-hmm. seeing things. And so spend a little time getting to know them as a relationship. But then what are you seeing? You know, how, tell me what you're seeing as a person who walks in the door and learn from that. Yeah. Two hot tip questions for you. What did you like best? What would you change if you could? I remember uh, years ago, working together and and you started uh, calling up the people who would come Mm -hmm. to the church and Mm -hmm. then not return. Yep. Why did they not return? There's something to learn there. It was, it was a good, Hmm. that was a good hot tip even from back then. Yeah. Well, I mean, we learned a lot. We did. Or I did anyway. And it was like, oh, I didn't know that I was off-putting or, you know, whatever, something we were doing, you know, was off-putting to people or confusing. That's where I learned the value of signage at a church, by the way. So anyway, we're getting so how do you how do you monitor but um, keep it encouraging? Because that's part of this whole process is is you're wanting to encourage them. So how do you not come across like you're judging or um, that you're being critical? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't try to not come across like I'm judging because I am judging. That's my job, you know, part of my job. Now, I can judge without being judgmental. That's a good distinction. Those are two different words. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. so. And we often confuse those. Yeah, sometimes we get afraid in a leadership role or afraid is probably not the best word to use. Maybe maybe a little bit um, insecure uh, about um, judging the outcome of something. Well, we have to do that. We're called to do that as leaders, but we don't want to be judgmental in it. Um, and so I like to start those conversations off if I have to have them is, let's say I'm talking to you, Chris, Hey, Chris, will you help me understand why you fill in, you know, you know, why, when you wash the dishes, uh, you don't rinse the soap out of the container, man, is there something to that? What, what am I missing here? And, you know, you might say, Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to rinse it out. You know, I thought somebody else's job or what? Oh, Okay, well, could you do us a favor and just rinse out that soap? Enough said, you know, but, but if I gain understanding, then I'm not judgmental, you know, and I can correct behavior. Now, sometimes, not, not very often because staff and volunteers, unless they're really kind of have a bone to pick or something like that, they want to perform well. Sometimes we don't think that. They, you're making my life harder and you're adding to my hours or my workload or whatever. I want people to add to my workload <laughs> because then that means I'm doing my job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, I don't want them to add to my workload unnecessarily. But anyway, point being, 
least as it relates to ministry, when I gain the understanding from their perspective, then I can correct the behavior if it needs to be corrected, or I can maybe suggest a different way or help them understand or take responsibility um, for not training them properly to start with, which is on me. I mean, you make, you make a mistake. That's on me. You know, now I retrain you, then you still make the mistake. Well, then that's on you. If you do it again, uh, then, you know, it's going to really be on you. <laughs> so let's, let's kind of try to yeah. take this full circle. So I, I recruit somebody and ask them to be a greeter for the church. And I've got in my mind what a greeter is. I know that person is going to be welcoming and, you know, they're going to help to, with a kingdom mindset, they're the first face that people will see from um, coming in the door perspective of our church. And so I, I recruit this person, I place them there, and um, and then, you know, I happen to notice that they just stand there and hold the door. And what would be my back me now up through the okay. process there what what how would i solve that problem i see them they're just standing there holding the door they're not doing what i expected walk me through that process yeah so i would come to you and say chris um can you help me understand something um i've, I've noticed you the last couple of weeks you stand here at the door which is perfect um and uh, you open the door but as people come by, I don't see you interacting with them. And um, I see you using your phone quite a bit. Help me understand that. And you would explain whatever needs explanation. And I'm like, oh, you know what? We missed a very important concept because I recruited you as a, as a greeter. But what I meant to recruit you as is a welcomer. Change the language, you know, or something. And so welcoming people, here's what they look like. Like, Tell me a time where you were welcomed by somebody. Let me hear you say that. You want me to really say yeah, that? Yeah, like right now. Let's role play. You know, I think um, just using an example, having a greeter and, and the guy, I think he had a a gift. I mean, truly, this was his gift. He remembered names. Okay. Like in an incredible way. You could walk in the first day and he would ask you your name and you'd say, hi, I'm Chris, you know, and he'd introduce himself the next week, he remembered your name, and it was incredible. Okay, Chris, then how about this in your role now? First of all, I, I probably called it the wrong thing because I called it greeter. I want you to become a welcomer, if you would. And how about at the end of the service, if you can tell me five people that you learned their names? Could you do that for me? I could because I would have to ask them their name, they, and I would have to interact. I would have to you, make an intentional that's a decision. Way that I would maybe engage. Not, you did this wrong, this is horrible, grow up, N nothing like that. It's, okay, I have a responsibility. My responsibility is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry or their ministry, might even be a better way to say it. And so I want to help you do your ministry. Now, when we talked about place, you used the word replace several oh. times. So <laughs> yeah, I did. how does that look when maybe you discern that this welcomer is, that's just okay. not their place. So I come up to you afterwards. Hey, Chris, give me the five names of people. Oh, I didn't get, I didn't get to it. Okay. Then next week, oh, I didn't get to it. Then I'd be like, okay, well, he's in the wrong place. And then I would have a conversation with you that said, you know, I think I've made a mistake. I've positioned you in the, in the wrong job here at the church. I think you might be better at 
you know, something that doesn't involve people activity. <laughs> like maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know what that might be. I don't want to, you know, but uh, this lack of engagement um, with people as they're approaching and, and all of that isn't good probably for you. And it's certainly not good for those to have a welcoming experience. And so we would um, try to shift you into a role that might not require uh, hospitality gifts or whatever. And I, I've read people wrong before. I've made mistakes and, you know, all that. I put it on me, you know. Which I think is really a good transition to the the final piece of this puzzle, which, so we've talked about recruit, train, place, support, monitor, but it all rises and falls on leadership, right? Everything so rises talk and a falls. little bit yeah. about leadership. Some of you that have been listening to this, especially if you've heard all the episodes are going, oh, I'm really good at that. And uh, I, I'm not good at that, or I don't even want to do that. And uh, I got great news for you. You don't have to be the one to execute all five of these. In fact, you're probably only good at one or two of them. And you might be average at a third one, and you're probably horrible at a fourth one, and you'd get an F on the fifth one or something. Like, there's not a person that's ever been created uh, that I've ever met anyway uh, that can do all five of these things at like a even a B level, much less an A level. And so, um, if you set about your job as to find the people that can operate at the A level in all five of these categories, your team will be a stellar team. Now it might take you a year or two, might take you a month or two, might take, I don't, I don't know in your ministry context, but you have to be good and you have to be the best of class at at least one of them. Otherwise people won't listen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, so it might be support. You might be the best one at support. Well, a recruiter will listen to you if you're, you know, uh, so you have to have some street cred, you know, it can't be just fly by night, but your job is to lead the team that can pull this off. Lead the team. And you can't lead without focus on the purpose or focus on the mission. You can you can use a synonym there. You know, it could be purpose, mission, objective. And uh, it has to be very, 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 very focused. Man, it helps a leader just pinpoint, here's what we're trying to do. Here's why we're trying to do it. And here's how we plan to get that done. You know, well, when you have that, then you can recruit, train, play, support, monitor to it. And then you can lead the team and help them get better. And guess what? They help you get better. <laughs> That's the magic of the whole, And you got it. You should download the diagram because the diagram has arrows pointing everywhere because how well you do in one category affects how well you can do in another category. All five of these are equally important. Uh, recruiting is not more important than support, which isn't more important than monitor, which is, they're, they're all equally important. And so when you devote your time, effort, and energy to building a team that can act at a certain level, you pick the level. I said A earlier, but you might not want to be an A. You might want to be a B. That's fine. Well, then get all the B players that you can and operate at a B level and all those, you'll, you'll knock it out of the park. It'll be amazing. There's a book recommendation that the, the book's probably 30 years old now, but it's called The E-Myth mm. by Michael Gerber. And he talks specifically about the importance of understanding that a successful, in his case, he was talking about businesses and entrepreneurial approach to business. But in ministry, the same thing applies. There's certain functions that have to be performed mm. in order for that ministry to thrive. And as the leader 
you have to make sure that each of those functions is being performed. And if there's no one else to do it, you have to do it until you can recruit, train, place, support, monitor, and then appoint a leader for that position. And I think that if, as you're wrestling with this in your own ministry and you're looking at these things, how you gain clarity on what Chris just talked about on the purpose of your ministry is key to what that's the kind of the root to all of what we're talking about. One thing I was curious about when you're, when we're talking about this, this whole process and as a church leader kind of being responsible, overarching for each element of this, whether that's doing it yourself, cause that's your gift and your skill or building a team to fulfill each of these functions, how formalized should this process be in your church? You know, should I have a very rigid system and a process and calendared events that are, that I'm going to be using to track and monitor, you know, to look at each of these elements and to recruit people into fulfilling some of these functions that I need support in? Well, I mean, I don't like to think of myself as rigid, but I would say that, yes, it's rigid. That is how I ran my ministry for almost 30 years, Mm -hmm. 27 years. All the meeting notes that I did, there were five categories. Mm. Recruit, Mm -hmm. what needs to happen, train, play, support, and monitor. That was my meeting notes every single weekly meeting that I had every single week of the year, except for maybe we took Christmas and Easter. I mean, there's a few times we didn't meet, but... Um, that drove a hundred percent of our agenda. Um, and we went from 73 groups. Well, at the time, actually 123 groups to 569 groups. Mm-hmm. And that's how we did it, you know, but I, uh, youth ministry can utilize this same thing because they got to recruit, train, play, support, monitor a children's ministry, a hospitality ministry. I mean, I, this is the way these are the fundamentals involved in how you operate church ministry on the ministry side of it. This doesn't have to do with finance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's administrative things and all that. Although if you wanted to have an administrative team, you could, you know, recruit administrators, you could train them, you could play support monitor. It would work that way too. But uh, this is all about ministry development. So, um, or you might even say, People development. How are people developed? Well, we recruit the person to something. We train them. We make sure that they're they're properly that there's a fit um, to the role and responsibility. We support them when they need it, um, and we monitor what they're doing so that we can give encouragement, but also we can receive encouragement um, on what's working, what's not working. You know that mm-hmm. that kind of a thing because the objective here is not to stay the same. The objective is let's get better. Let's reap a harvest that's undeniable for the Lord is the best way I know how to do it. Well, that wraps up our discussion on the five fundamental skills for church leaders. Hopefully you now have several next steps that you want to take to develop your ministry with the ultimate goal of more gospel fruit in your church. What is one skill in particular that you need to work on developing this week? Discuss your next steps with other leaders in your church and send an email to us at bci at office at bciowa.org to let us know how we can help.